0: If Johnny Wilson does not play against Syracuse, how would that impact Florida State's offense? And vice versa, how different does he make the Noles go when they have the football? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Brian Smith, and today we're going to talk a little bit about Johnny Wilson, how his injury status may or may not impact the game against Syracuse, and probably the best reason why I waited to talk about Norvell's press conference. It was a big deal to wait to get as much info as possible before I talked about it, and then we're going to break down a little bit about how Florida State will attack Syracuse with or without Johnny, because that seems to be a little bit up in the air. I'll get into that detail here in just a moment. First off, today's show is brought to you by Jace. Jace Medical. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E. Medical.com. All right. So I've been looking for some information, and I'm sure many of you have as well. The number one factor on whether a team does or does not win a football game, how healthy is it? It's just the way it is. That will never change. And Johnny obviously left the game this past week. He went to the medical tent. Then he went into the locker room, et cetera. He did not return. It doesn't appear that he has a quote-unquote major injury and Norvell, you can, you can read his comments out there on, on different sites. But his press conference, after listening to it and going through it, just reading Norvell's body language, again, that's one of my favorite things to do. Last week, I could tell he was not very happy prior to the Virginia Tech game. And I think he tried to light a fire under the Noles, and it worked. Obviously, they came out on fire. I think he's in a better place. But I think part of it, just my speculation, nothing more, is the fact that they have Johnny Wilson at least practicing in some capacity. How much he's on the bike, how much they let him go full go when he runs routes, I have no idea. And nobody has definitively, for the record, stated Johnny has X. To use reference on this situation, the NFL, and it they, they deny it to the bone, but it's just a flat lie. They require their teams to give injury reports in as you know, specific as possible. And it's just flat out because of the Vegas betting lines. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They lie, lie, lie like crazy. College coaches don't have to do that. And the chances of Norvell coming out and clarifying what the injury is going to be is about the chances of me dunking on Shaq Eh, next to zero right there. So the point is simple. You have to be able to get your best players on the field as soon as you can. But at the same time, are you going to risk somebody as talented as Johnny? Eh, probably not. When you're going against Qs. Q's pretty good. And I'll get into some more details. I talked a little bit about their offense in yesterday's episode of locked on Seminoles. But today, this is really about how does that impact your roster? If you look at it, worst case and then positive scenario, let's, let's do a little both. think about it this way. Florida state's offense doesn't have a number one receiver. It has two number ones because Johnny can go get you big plays. He's proven it for two straight years. They got that Keon Coleman guy that's done it too. Johnny scored his first two touchdowns, which is kind of the odd part of this in the last game before he was injured. But prior to that, Keon had six. So teams can't, you can't double both. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Okay, it doesn't work. At the same time, you're looking at a scenario when you've got single high coverage or if they just decide, you know, to heck with it, we're going to play cover three or whatever. There are a lot of different things that will help your rushing offense. That's the good news. The part about this that's very ironic, and I'll delve into this a little more as we get into the show, Syracuse runs a lot of multiple fronts. They do a lot of different things to try to be aggressive. If Johnny is on the field, let's just assume for the sake of argument right now that he's good to go. He's 90%. I don't think anybody's really above 90% at this point of the year. Anyhow, Florida State can dictate much, much more to Syracuse. If they have just one primary, whole different ballgame. Here's the deal. They will run a three-man front, talking about Syracuse. Their nose guard's about 270. It's not very big. So you think, well, what's the deal? Well, they're moving, they're shifting, they're slanting, they're stunt. They do a little of everything. They have to. You can't put a 270-pound nose guard in today's game in a three-man line. I don't care if it's a one-gap or a two-gap without a lot of different things going on consistently to get in the head of the offensive lineman they're going against will not work because he'll get run over. But since he's two seventy, and he's starting and Syracuse, got some pretty experienced defensive assistant coaches and whatnot. That's a good football player, but you can run at him a little bit more if you had two guys out there, because they're going to probably be a little less aggressive or they're just rolling the dice and they're going to play back more, which will help out Trey Benson, your RPO game. It will help Jordan Travis, etc. cetera. If, They can get Johnny the ball in addition to what I just said. Early in the game, let's say he catches a slant, a 15-yard in route, whatever it may be, then the doors are completely wide open and the floodgates basically are open too. Because you know Keon's going to be difficult to cover. And again, I'll talk about some specifics. They have some unique pieces on defense talking about Syracuse. I've got my trusty notes here. I'm not sure they're a dominant team in any way, shape, or form, but the matchup is all I'm really trying to talk about here. However, if Johnny does not play or is limited, let's say he's on a pitch count, for lack of a better phrase, he can play 30 snaps instead of 45 or 50, that changes what you do. Maybe you go a little bit more with two running backs, two tight ends, maybe one running back, two tight, which is okay. Florida State is one of maybe 10, 12 schools in the country that can get away with this to a certain degree. But it does change how you have to practice for the whole week. So Norvell and his entire staff They're guessing to a certain degree in this scenario, we're going to practice X and that's what we're going to use in the game. Quick note. A lot of people think it's a lot quicker than this. It's not what you practice during the week is what you're going to use in the game. That's why injuries are such a big deal. If you have an injury in a game to a key player, it's just a disaster because you've practiced with that guy being the one that gets the ball, et cetera. And then week of the game, everything's good. Get Friday. You're good. Get to the game and he's injured in the first quarter or something. You can't really adjust and go back. You can't do it. At least here, they know Johnny's banged up. He's not 100%. Again, 90 is probably good for anybody this time of year. And you have the opportunity to adjust at least a little bit. So I think Bell and really any of the tight ends or running backs could catch the ball. I'll just leave it broad if he's not in the game. But that does mean Florida State's going to have to be expecting more pressure. You'll see cover three before the snap and then drop what I call drop in the rat in the hole. That's an old saving term. Free safety comes down. They go to two and man under and fire zone, all kinds of different things or possibilities. You could see, you're going to see some man and some bringing pressures Their weak side linebacker comes off. He's got three and a half sacks, four and a half tackles for us. They do a lot of different things. If Johnny's not on the field, they're going to be more apt to get after you, Mr. Quarterback for any team. And that includes Jordan Travis who, let's be honest, his shoulder hasn't been exactly the perfect state of health, and that's a big deal because if you're not in a situation where you're really in a good spot to get away from pressure, Clemson was one thing. Syracuse is a different kind of pressure. I mean, they're not going to out-talent what Clemson had, a linebacker, that's a whole other animal. But they're going to bring guys, and they're just trying to get a free rusher. Even if they get one free rusher on, let's say, five or six plays, that could be the changer in the game. Think about the Clemson game for Florida State. The free rusher, Deloach, smacks Klubnik. Ball comes loose, scoop and score, completely changes that game. That's what Syracuse tries to do. So I'll get into a little more specifics here in a second about some of the the players in question. But the Johnny Wilson, I I don't think it's, again, it's just my understanding based on the language, based on the body language as well from Coach Norvell. I think he's going to play but I don't know if that's a hundred percent. And of course he could always tweak whatever he has five minutes after this being published. I mean, they can go out to practice and he could tweak it, whatever it is he has. Again, we don't know the exact situation, but that's just the way it kind of is in college football. You're not always going to have all the answers, but uh, Florida state should be in good shape. If they have both their number ones, it's going to cause Syracuse a lot of problems. They, their defense doesn't fit having that kind of firepower outside because they like to bring a lot. In a way, it's kind of like Pittsburgh. They, they blitz a lot, too. So anyway, let's talk about Jace Case. This is today's primary sponsor for segment one. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes you sure that medication is in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today. From Jace Medical by using code locked on at checkout, Jace Medical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Again, that's jacemedical.com. J A S E medical.com. All right, let's, let's move into segment two. We're going to talk a little more specific about some of the players and build upon the first segment in regards to. Quite honestly, a Syracuse team that wants to come downhill and get in your face—how do you attack that? Who do they utilize? What are some of the names and players that Syracuse is going to get get after it with, with or without Johnny being on the field? It'll just—the ratio might be a little different if he plays more, in my opinion. Well, first off, again, as I noted in segment one, this is very unique to me, and I'm fascinated by this. It's one of the reasons I'm planning on going to the game this weekend, and I would. No kidding, I would 10 times rather have an end zone seat for this game. I know at the other end it sucks, but when they come down, when you can look vertical and you can see the line play and the splits, I'm curious how Florida State will take on the nose guard and anybody that's shooting either A-gap, which A-gap is obviously just to the right or just to the left at the center on every given play. That is going to be the key because, once again, 270 pounds at nose. Now, it's not like he's going to take every snap, but Jason Simmons and some of these guys, they're just not the biggest guys up front in general linebackers and defensive linemen, etc. Simmons is another guy that's pretty good. But the nose is Kevon Darton, 5'11", 270. That, that sounds like a 1995 size to me, not 2023. Obviously, that's a 28-year difference. Why would that be? They're going to try to get upfield and get penetration. Last week, Florida State's run game was just flat out off the chain. They dominated from the start. They were up 22 to nothing. Trey Benson went crazy, had not one, but two long runs. But this is like complete night and day. They're going to, Darton is probably, in my opinion, the most important player in the game, or anybody that's at knows, however they do it, because if Florida State can run between the tackles, just traditional runs, take, Take Jordan out of the equation. Downhill with basic guard pull, uh, guard H, meaning in the H back, like they bring Bell around or somebody else. Any of the Douglas, it doesn't matter who it is, even they can put an extra offensive lineman in for all I care and use him as a tight end number, bring him around. If they can run some of those basic plays and it's second and four, second and five, and they're a blitz team. That's going to put Syracuse in quite the quandary. And it doesn't matter if Johnny's in the game or not. Either you can block their slanting and their blitzing and some of their fire pressures and all that, or you cannot. I expect them to expand upon what they've done. They, again, they've got an experienced defensive staff in some in some capacity. They're going to come up with things that Florida State hasn't seen yet. Coaches say all the time, every game's you know, the same. Everybody, it's the next opponent's most important. And that's true but coaches don't like to admit that they hold things back and I don't give a crap. How many, why about it? I know better from private conversations. Florida state's going to see some things that Syracuse hasn't done yet this year. They're going to look at film and they should from what Syracuse or excuse me, what Florida state's done and failed at, like what plays Clemson had success against what plays LSU had success Southern miss, even if it's one or two out of each game, what was the front, et cetera. Can we mirror that in some capacity and bring it? And then on top of it, again, they're not going to admit this publicly. We don't have as much talent as them, and it's in Dope Campbell. Let's roll the dice a little bit. We haven't used Blitz A, B, and C at all this year. Jordan Travis is going to see it. He may be a six-year senior, but he's going to see things that he hasn't seen yet. I guarantee it. The rest of the year, what I just said and just insert team is going to happen. There aren't five teams in college football in my opinion, again, this is my opinion, that have the offensive weapons that Florida State does. Not many teams have a number one. They have two of them legitimately. Ironically, LSU another one like that. But there's just so much talent at Florida State's disposal offensively. they got three running backs that are legit. they got multiple tight ends that are legit. And Jordan's legs, forget the arm, obviously, he can spin it. He can kill you there, too. It is a pain to defend Florida State. And they're one of the few teams that can go 100 mile an hour, or they can go slow as a snail and score either way. They are annoying. So you might as well bring it. And that's something in the DNA of the Syracuse coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to see some really unique things. Pay attention. And I know if you're watching the game on TV, if you're not on all 22, and I don't know what angles they're going to use. It's hard to say. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But Against Syracuse, and I know this is unfortunate, it's a gazillion times better to see a vertical shot, which they don't do a lot of, because you need to see if the safeties are constantly moving. I expect them to be, along with the linebackers, before and after the snap, because they're not going to consistently beat Florida State play-to-play. They're looking for the, ah, we got your play. Strip sack fumble, interception. Uh, quarterback does make the completion. You know, Jordan throws a great ball, and as soon as you know, Marks and Douglas. Somebody catches the ball, they get popped, fumbled. They're looking for creative ways to get takeaways because they're not going to just slow Florida State down. I don't think so. With that, here are a couple guys to kind of go into. This is just the way it is. Florida State's going against the Syracuse defense that last week, UNC and, and Clemson. Last two weeks, UNC and Clemson, they didn't have an interception, which is surprising to me but they did have five touchdowns. Conversely, and this is where their blitz package comes in. Obviously, Clemson and UNC have very good quarterbacks. They got five sacks, so they do bring it. They're, they're coming. If you can average two and a half sacks against upper echelon competition, you're doing something. Guys to kind of look at, corner cornerback Jeremiah Wilson, not the biggest guy. That's an interesting mashup. He, he might. I don't know exactly how they're going to use him, but he's 5'10". They've got another guy that it's a little bigger named Jason Simmons. It's around six-foot listed. How they match up with Johnny and or any of the other receivers, and of course it's got some size at wideout, will be interesting for 50-50 balls, posts, deep overs, anything down the field. I'm curious if they can get in the hands and knock some balls loose. If not, it's probably going to be a struggle for Syracuse. Lastly, Leon Lowry. This is the guy to watch up front for them. Three-and-a-half sacks. He's He's 6'4", 240. He's an edge, but he can kind of move around. He can shoot a gap inside, go to the B or C gap, whatever it is. That's a good football player. He could play at Florida State or any other school. And he's the kind of guy, quite honestly, kind of fits old school Florida State that I grew up watching. He's got four and a half tackles for a loss, to around 30 tackles. Very good football player. But again, it all starts with the following guy: nose guard. Kivon Darton. It, it just, I'm looking at this number, it's just crazy to me. 5'11", 270. That's listed. Keep in mind, we know that most of these depth charts and whatnot, how many of them are really honest about the height? Almost everybody gets an inch. He's going to look like a chubby linebacker in a three- or four-point stance compared to what you're used to seeing. You're used to seeing these 6'2", 285 and up kind of guys at nose guard in college football for the teams that play a three-man line, even if it's a one-gap instead of like the traditional Alabama or Georgia powered three-man line that's a two-gap. Those guys are usually over 300 pounds. This kid's just the opposite. If Florida State has success with him and whoever's at that spot on a given play, obviously they'll rotate. It's going to be a very successful day for the Knowles. They run inside, play action, RPO. It it, it could be a 40-point day. Syracuse just got bludgeoned last week because North Carolina figured it out. And obviously Drake May, tremendous quarterback, you're not going to fool him a lot. He's an NFL player. Well, so is Jordan. UNC's offensive line deserves a lot of that credit, too. Florida State's offensive line is coming off a great game. If they get after that front area in between the guards, let's just really narrow it down. There's no reason Florida State can't have 450 or more in total offense, with or without Johnny, Lee, because you run the ball, it just it just opens the floodgates. So I think that's a, that's really important. Uh, The last section before I get going here, we're going to talk about some of the things that we need to look at overall from Florida State. Just kind of my own opinion. Obviously, the run game's been up. Uh, We're going to talk about the pass game. But what do they need to work on a little bit against Syracuse before they go into this final home stretch the back half of the season? That's going to be segment three here on Locked on Seminoles. Obviously, one of my favorite ways to get – get to the game and have fun with everything that's going on prize picks. It's something I talked about on yesterday's show. If you haven't been involved with this, this is not your traditional kind of situation. You're not going up against sharps. You're not going up against a bunch of other people you pick, you pick what it is that you want. So for instance, we're talking about a scenario where you can pick like six players. So-and-so is going to have twenty. Yards rushing. He's going to have a hundred yards receiving. Whatever it is, for instance, Jordan Travis. You could use an NFL player. You pick two to six guys to do it, and it's really up to you. Uh, You can look at it from different teams, different perspectives, but it's for you to decide, and you're competing with yourself in your own head. So, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, or what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Again. It's more selective to the person than it is somebody that's trying to compete against their neighbor in some kind of normal fantasy league or whatever. I grew up in an era in the early 90s when we used to do fantasy. We did everything by hand. We didn't have all these stats and all that stuff. And as it evolved, it's been pretty convoluted with different ways to do it. But this is a unique way, and it's kind of cool with what they're coming up with. So prize picks, you got to give them some credit for that. Uh, Here's another example. Aaron Rodgers. Under over on touchdowns, under over on how many touchdowns they might have for a, a three weeks span or something. You might be able to come up with something like that. Obviously, any quarterback, any running back, any receiver, you can do those kinds of things. Justin Jefferson, he had 133 catches, I believe it was last year. You can come up with stuff for how many yards he's going to get against the weak defense. It's up to you. So once again, prize picks. It's a pretty unique app. Check it out. It's not very difficult to use share your personal endorsement with other people about this too, because it's pretty easy and you'll have some fun. So go to pricepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Here it is again. Pricepicks.com forward slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, this third segment is kind of fun because it's just what's happened. We've got enough evidence now. We're about halfway through the season. Where's Florida State at? What do they need to work on? What are they trending with? Um, To be honest with you, looking at it, like I've got offense and defense kind of both here, but I'm more excited about the offense right now because I was really worried about the run game. And I quite honestly should have been. They didn't do a very good job in the last couple of games prior to the Virginia Tech contest, and they got their butt kicked at the line of scrimmage. And then they just came out like a house of fire against Virginia Tech. They smoked them. Flat out smoked them. Up 22 to nothing. Can't do much better than that. Established the run, the pass. Everybody was on fire. Now, can you keep, keep that going? I talked a lot about in segment one, and especially segment two, getting after Kevon Darton in the middle of the line for Syracuse. That's what I want to see. In the past game, if I remember right, it was Jordan Travis for 170 yards last week. If anybody had just glanced at the stats, they probably would have been like, What is Jordan doing? 170. They didn't need to. They didn't need to put him in harm's way to run him more later in the game. They didn't need to get him hit in the pocket. They threw when they wanted. They dictated to Virginia Tech for the most part. I mean, they had some mishaps, too. They're not perfect. But Florida State's passing game was pretty efficient. It still has room to go up. Keon didn't have a great game last game. They, I think the defense kind of focused on him and had opened Johnny, which is fine. And it's also why I talk so much about Johnny's injury in segment one. Now we're going to see if they can really be efficient this next week because there's just enough film out there where teams are going to try different things and Syracuse defense is really different anyway. So the final point here on that, I'm looking at the big shots. It's ironic that I'm going back to that. What Florida state was really good at earlier in the year. Doesn't have to be more than two or three. And it doesn't have to be Keon. even if Johnny's not in the game, that doesn't mean Destin Hill or somebody else can't catch a post and score from 70. They got the speed. They got the size. They've got a variety of players and don't, Discount the running backs and the screen game in general. Rodney Hill or somebody gets one on the edge it, with a one-on-one chance; they could make somebody miss and score. Toffoli, absolutely. Benson, absolutely. Dahim, whatever it may be. Think that might be something they look at because if they catch Syracuse in one of these blitzes and it's a screen, you get one guy out there with a blocker and it's an athletic guy like Tofely, that can go to the house. So I'm, I'm really looking to see what happens there. The defensive pass game was just off the charts last week against Virginia Tech. I'm not thinking they're going to do that against Schrader because, excuse me, it's it's interesting when you go from a quarterback like Drones, who was just, you know, like his first full start or whatever, and he's got to play against freaking Florida State on the run. I mean, that's tough. He had his moments. He had a really nice run, but he has some mental struggles too. They, they gave him some games on the back end, and he struggled. He did, and he doesn't have the same talent that Florida State. He's not throwing a key on Coleman, I can assure you, but now they have Schrader, and while they lost Gadsden, I've talked about that very talented young man from Fort Lauderdale. He's out for the year. They still have some other receivers, a 6'4 guy, a 6'6 guy, and a 6'1 player that can go. If you screw around and you give them time, they could cause some problems. Verse got on track last week. had two sacks. I think they're going to be pretty good there. I don't think Florida State's going to have to, quote-unquote, scheme it up a ton, but I do expect a variety of things because Schrader's a senior. He's an experienced player. You're not going to just show him cover two all day and expect success. He'll he'll complete 70-plus percent of his balls. He may not be the most vertical threat in the world in that scenario with cover two, but Florida State's going to have to try some different things, play a lot of man, see what happens. Final thing, though, and this is the one that's goofy, and we're just going to have to wait and see. It always seems to be at least one thing with Florida State. How's the run defense do if they get a lead? I I don't think it'll take long. I think Florida State will get out the gate pretty quick. If they do, it could kind of change this question up. Syracuse may not run the ball that much anyway because they're behind. But they can't give up high percentage runs and give them easy plays either. If it's third and six, don't put five in the box. Still got to be ready for Schrader's way. He can go. He could definitely run. He averages over 11 attempts a game. They also need to be sure, even if they're not running a ton, they're not giving up five-plus yards a carry. Last week it was six against Virginia Tech. That's not acceptable. Don't beat that team. So, anyway, uh, last point, please check out the college football live show here on Locked On. We have it every Friday from 11 to 1. Make sure you check it out. It's on the YouTube channel. If you can't catch it live, Check it out afterwards. It will be downloaded to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on YouTube. And quite honestly, all the channels on the Locked On Network that's YouTube. It's got a little bit of everything. But the analysts for each team, like I come on sometimes for the Florida State, they're going to have different perspectives. Injury news, game matchups, players to watch, new players breaking into the lineup. A little bit of everything with a lot of predictions and extra information that those guys and gals they know their teams they're going to bring. So check it out. Again, it's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Friday right here. We'll be back again tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. Thank you very much.